Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Premier Kenny, we've known each other, and I, I want to be clear about this, we've known each other for 35 years. I've always liked you personally. I liked you when you were the federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. I like you today. How are you assessing your current situation as Premier of the province of Alberta, given all the challenges that have arisen, some, uh, I, you know, said by my listeners, that are those of your own creating, others that you inherited. How are you assessing your own situation today? Well, good to be back on the program, Roy. I, I would assess the situation as being a, a really uh, serious crisis with respect to this fourth wave of COVID-19. Uh, as you know, this is a, a disease that has challenged uh, governments in every part of the world, of every uh, partisan stripe across the political spectrum. Uh, and I think Alberta has done pretty well. Albertans have risen to the challenge through the first 18 months of the pandemic with a much lower fatality rate than Canada, much lower than the U.S. and Europe, and generally doing that with less damaging restrictions. But we have been hit hard with this fourth wave, uh, primarily because we went in to this uh, with the lowest vaccination rate in Canada, I would say, despite our best efforts, you know that uh, Alberta's uh, political culture is is unique in some ways. Uh, a, a lot of freedom-loving people here, which I always think is a great asset of this province, but um, it also means that we have uh, probably a larger share of the population who have throughout this been uh, unwilling to to follow public health guidelines, and and in the in the uh, since we started vaccination, unwilling to get vaccinated. So we have a larger vulnerable population to the disease who increasingly are showing up in our hospitals putting huge stress on them we've taken the measures that are necessary but in the debate that you just referenced you know we have a uh we've always had a very sadly divisive and, and wide-ranging uh debate in the province some people who from the beginning have wanted sort of hard sustained lockdowns which we didn't think would it would be justifiable in terms of their damage and others who have wanted virtually no measures and 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 uh, a small minority who are outspokenly opposed to the vaccines. So this is a very difficult context in, in which to govern. We're, we're doing our best and uh, I, I'm uh, I'm hopeful that because we've seen a stabilization of numbers that we will get through this fourth wave and get back to some some positives, including the fact that Alberta is leading Canada in economic growth this year. OK, why did you replace your minister of health? Well, he offered his resignation. Uh, it's been a, a brutally tough 18 months. And, and, and really, uh, for, for him and our government, a tough couple of years. In, in The health department is always the most difficult portfolio, I think, in any Canadian provincial government. Um, and uh, he and I both came to the conclusion that it was, it was time uh, to have a fresh set of eyes and new perspective on that huge department, which is you know, well over 40% of our spending. Um, and uh, so I, I thank Tyler for his service and, and uh, invited a, a new minister who's done a great job at, at Labour Immigration, Jason Copping, to bring a fresh perspective there. So, uh, you know, uh, I've spoken to a number of former health ministers, and they say the average duration of a health minister in this province is about two years. Tyler was there for two and a half, carrying a huge burden, including through the pandemic. Uh, since um, the COVID pandemic hit, so there are so many variables. 
uh, have been in play and continue to be in play. So uh, when you look at the state of uh, COVID in Alberta today, Dr. Dina Henshaw has said 100% of new COVID ICU admissions in Alberta are people who have not been vaccinated. What's your response as Premier? You offered incentives. You offered incentives to unvaccinated Alberta residents to become vaccinated. Yeah, that 100% of admissions was one particular day. I think it was last Thursday. But overall, 93% of our COVID ICU patients um, are unvaccinated. And that's what's driving this right. By the way, our numbers right now are pretty much identical to those of Saskatchewan, but just on a, on a four, four times larger scale because of population. But they and, uh, and Saskatchewan and Alberta went into this uh, period with the same tied at the same lowest level of vaccination in the country. That's really the problem. Um, the folks who are not vaccinated, that their decision is not just a personal one. What we're trying to convey, what I'm trying to convey with patience and respect, uh, not stigmatization, is that their choice not to get vaccinated does have very serious consequences on everyone else, particularly right now in our hospitals. We've um, had to postpone thousands of surgeries in order to open up surge ICU beds to accommodate unvaccinated people. And many of them, this is not just folks who are very elderly. A growing number because of the uh, Delta variant are attacking, um, the the disease is attacking uh, younger middle-aged people uh, in uh, who many of whom end up in ICU. Yeah. So we've been pushing the vaccine super hard. We're the only province with a, a cash incentive, a hundred dollars if you get a jab. We've had a multi-million dollar lottery. We're paying. Yeah. We're offering a billing code to doctors to call their patients to give them information. We we've given people three hours of paid time off work to get vaccinated, and now so premier. Yeah. When, when you when you talk about the things that you've done, the initiatives you've undertaken, I understand that. You're also being blamed. I want to hear your. I want to hear from you how you respond to some of the challenges that have been put in your place. I also want to talk, want to talk about what the province has uh, to look forward to, but you're being blamed by the opposition, which is not, not surprising. You, you're being challenged by municipal politicians who say you dropped the ball managing the COVID crisis. You dropped it for months. You were too liberal, no pun intended, to uh, in opening up the province in the summer of 2021. What do you say to your critics? Well, what I say is that we've always tried to pursue uh, a balanced approach to protect lives and livelihoods based on uh, the, the best public health information and evidence. Uh, I don't think we were wrong to drop public health restrictions in the summer, July the 1st. We saw numbers continue to go down for uh, uh, five to six weeks after that. Case numbers went down, very low hospitalizations, fewer than 100 people in hospital. How could I have possibly justified what the opposition and others wanted, which was uh, continued damaging restrictions when there was no evidence to support that? Oh, I remember now, calls I remember calls going out saying uh, in, in the early summer, in June, saying we have to be more like Alberta and open up our provinces. Right. There was and a lot, there was of, that a lot being of positive said. coverage about that. Look at it. Look, Roy, as I've said, um, Every government in the world has been trying to make its way through an uncertain period through trial and error. Now, I will say this. We were um, too optimistic, but it was not just an unfounded optimism. The analysis done by our public health team of of how other jurisdictions like the United Kingdom and Israel had done at similar levels of vaccination suggested that we would we would be able to open up and not rely on restrictions to manage the disease below the maximum capacity of our healthcare. Were there templates so, available to you in other provinces that you could have followed? Well, I would say that broadly speaking, our policy has been pretty similar to British Columbia's. 
Uh, they've had, I think, they've had slightly better results. Um, but our fatality rate going into this wave is uh, 27% below the Canadian number. And, and so I, I think Alberta and BC have been closest in their approach. Um, I do think they have, I do know they've had a higher vaccination rate and a higher level of compliance with public health measures. And that, that's part of the issue right now, Roy. I mean, I know there's some people out there who would think the solution now is you just put, impose a hard lockdown on everyone. First of all, that makes no sense for the 80% of the population that's vaccinated who are at much lower levels of risk of transmission and, and extremely lower level risks of, of hospitalization. But secondly, it's the roughly 20% of the adult population who are unvaccinated who are less likely to observe public health measures. So that's why we've brought in a proof of vaccination program, and, and we think it's going well. But as I say, um, I think Alberta and BC have been uh, broadly similar. Uh, Ontario, I'll remind you, and this is I'm not criticizing any province. Everybody's been struggling. Ontario was in a very similar situation to where we are in terms of pressure on healthcare system in the spring, despite much more intensive uh, restrictions on society. Mm-hmm. Manitoba, we had to take some of their ICU patients in the spring, despite them having what I would characterize as a pretty hard lockdown. So I, I know that it's easy to sit on the sidelines and criticize governments across the world for their response, but we're, we're all trying to do our best. Uh, and in the case of Alberta, our, percep- our, our perspective has been that, that restriction should be a last and limited resort but not a first and, and kind of permanent right. resort. What is your view of what happened in the federal election? We have a return to a minority government, which is essentially the same as we had prior to the $610 million being spent for this election. And uh, Mr. Trudeau made it a habit of attacking you um, directly and indirectly during the campaign. What do you make of all that? Well, I understand he attacked uh, at least five premiers. It's unfortunate. Uh, it, it was a very divisive uh, campaign run by... Uh, Mr. Trudeau and the Liberal Party, um, which didn't seem to ultimately yield any any gains for them electorally. I, I, I think most Canadians still wonder why we had this election when we did. Um, I, um, I, what I All I can tell you is here in Alberta, nearly 90% of the MPs that were returned uh, uh, were, uh, are Conservative MPs. And, uh, and people in this province remain, I think, rightfully very concerned about the uh, fairly open hostility of Mr. Trudeau's government to, as Brad Wall was saying on your program, uh, to our largest industries. Uh, As I've said on your program many times, Alberta's oil and gas sector is the largest sector of the Canadian economy. Hundreds of thousands of jobs across the country depend upon it. And it's it's very frustrating for people here and in Saskatchewan to see a government that uh, isn't just indifferent, but actually sometimes hostile to, to, to all of those workers. West East relations. I asked Mr. Wall about that yesterday. How do you see it? What are the concerns? Between Alberta and Ottawa? Uh, just Western Canada and Eastern and Central yeah. Canada. Well, I mean, look, obviously, the part of that is the deep history, uh, uh, Roy, of uh, the West going back over a century, being the kind of uh, the, ba- the basin of resources that were often, that our perception historically has been exploited by, by Ottawa. And uh, without the population base here to have significant uh, voice share in Ottawa, I mean, um, I love Atlantic Canada. I truly do. And I've, there's, I've, there are premiers out there I have good relations with. But just as a historical matter, I mean, we, we have about as many seats in Alberta with four and a half million people as they do in Atlantic Canada with less than half the population. So that frustrates people here. And, uh, and understandably so. That is why we are pushing for what we call a fair deal, which would be some 
systemic reforms, uh, including to things like equalization, but also uh, equal representation in the Senate, appointment of democratically elected senators. We're going to be having an election coming up, devolution of power to the provinces. We basically want to be treated the same way as Quebec mm-hmm. is in the Federation. Uh, what, what's good for Quebec should be good for other provinces. But instead, what we seem to have developed is a kind of two-tier federalism. I don't think that's good for the long-term future of the country. Let me come back to Alberta and uh, your position as premier. There's an upcoming leadership uh, review. Do you consider this review of your held by your party to have merit? And how much does that occupy your mind? And do you, Premier, ever think it may be preferable to just leave politics entirely? Well, <laughs> yes, it has merit. It's uh, a bylaw of my party that there's always going to be a review after each election cycle. Secondly, uh, it doesn't occupy uh, much time for me because I have to be focused on the crisis that we are currently facing. That's uh, our government and our caucus is united in that, that we, we need to uh, take on this challenge and focus on uh, the other two big priorities of this government, which is jobs in the economy and fighting for a fair deal. So I'm not going to get distracted by internal politics. As I say, it's no secret that that um, some people in my party are very frustrated that there have been any public health restrictions. They Some don't like the proof of vaccination program that we had to roll out. My job is to do my best to serve the province and the broader public interest in this context uh, to protect the healthcare system, not to respond to every uh, single internal critic. If I did that, I think it would be irresponsible. And you feel that given the circumstances, given the reality on the ground in Alberta, that, uh, that you have the COVID situation, the COVID pandemic, the fourth wave, under as much control as you possibly can have at this time going forward, yes? Yeah, well, let me, let me put it this way. Um, I, we haven't yet so fully seen the impact of the measures we introduced about 10 days ago. I think once we see that um, with with a, the positivity rate coming down, the rate of transmission coming down, and an increase in healthcare capacity, I think we, we can get through this. But it's really going to be up to the decisions that people make, particularly the unvaccinated. That's the most important thing. We have had a good uptick in additional vaccines. But the most important thing is for people to make the choice to protect themselves, their loved ones, and our hospitals by stepping up to get vaccinated. And you're hopeful. Well, I, I think there's good reason to be. Um, I, I have confidence in Albertans to do the right thing. There have been some late deciders on the vaccines, um, but we're starting to see that change, and that's what makes me hopeful. Okay. Well, as we know, 55% of Canadians, according to a National Post poll, want Mr. Trudeau to resign. Uh, I'm receiving emails right now telling me what a good guy you are and emails that are telling me you're not such a good guy. So uh, this is probably uh, not to be, uh, well, I'm ex- I was expecting that. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.